Hello and welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast, guys. A podcast where tips, techniques, and tools are shared with those who want to be a more efficient, effective, and aware leader in life, their career, and business. Thanks so much for being here. I want you to keep on listening for more authentic and organic ways to live your best life. Now, on today's show, I am talking with Ms. Gabrielle Vincent, and we are going to be talking about embracing your skill set and harnessing your transferable skills to create the life you desire. If that sounds like something that you want to learn more about, keep listening. Welcome to the CEO Mindset Podcast. Whether you're the CEO of your life, your profession, or your business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and this podcast is the number one place to get tips and techniques for working smarter, not harder, using personal branding and authenticity. Now, hit the subscribe button, Be prepared to leave a comment or review, and let's get started with today's topic. Before I get started, I want to read a little bit about Gabrielle. Her bio is fantastic. Um, She first entered the world of entrepreneurship when she was in high school, guys, doing everything from braiding hair and wig, wig making to babysitting. Years later, while working full-time in the corporate sales world, she got involved with a few multi-level marketing companies. Who hasn't, right? Unbeknownst to her, all of her education, business building, sales experience, and hustle would equip her with the tools necessary to start her own various streams of income, both in corporate and entrepreneurship. With over nine years of experience in sales, marketing, and e-commerce, paired with a strong background in direct consultative services, Gabrielle first ventured into real estate in 2016 after being laid off from her promising corporate job. Not only did she close her first few transactions two months after becoming a licensed uh, real estate agent in Illinois, she also ventured into home ownership by closing on a low cash deal in October 2016. Over time, Gabrielle has had to figure out what works for her and her business model. Aside from being a passionate realtor and creating her own apparel and resource brand, she actively works as chief implementation manager within a tech startup. Many times her journey has called her to pivot to adjust, and most importantly, take inventory of her growing skill set toolbox in order to create her own opportunities. Gabrielle enjoys coaching others and motivating them by sharing her real life experiences on her road to success. Okay, so I'm really excited to have Gabby with me. You just heard her um, bio, so we already know she's a rock star at what she does. I happen to know, too, that she works with one of my really good friends, and she just has nothing but amazing things to say about her, and is helping her grow her business. So, Gabby, yes. tell us something that was not in your bio. Um, okay, something that's not in my bio. First of all, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Something that's not on my bio would probably be the fact that this past December, in the midst of the pandemic, I was able to secure my second property on my own. Um, and so that's something that I have to give myself kudos, kudos for because absolutely, <laughs> girl, pandemic, um, just achieving financial goals to do that. Yes. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster, and even me, with me being a realtor that's my profession one of my professions it was still very stressful and such an emotional roller coaster and I made it so I've been in my well listen was was our look our property anywhere vacation worthy that a sister can get a key for what's up um suburbs of Chicago I mean if you want to come to me I mean (laughs) you know I can make things work. I got an extra room. I got an extra room. Yeah, I can can make things work. That's awesome. That is such an accomplishment. I am so proud, right? That's amazing. Okay, so 
um, like I said, you work with someone that that's how we were introduced. And yeah. I know I was just on the phone with her earlier this week and she was singing your praises. I'll, you know, just, I know that you guys are doing great jobs over there. So I know that you were the perfect person to talk to about these, this idea of identifying and really kind of, kind of walking in your skills um, being able to like identify skills that can be transferred for revenue purposes. You just mm -hmm. mentioned that you're a realtor. I know mm -hmm. that you also do um, sales coaching and things of that mm -hmm. nature. So you do have your hands in a lot of hats. So you are the perfect person to talk to about this because obviously you have been able to transfer skills, right? Yes. So, right. You've been able to embrace your awesomeness and make it work for you and make money for you. So you're going to share with us today how you do that. So first question, because that somebody's going to ask, my husband did when we were having a conversation, like I told you <laughs> earlier, girl, what is a transferable skill? What does that mean? Okay. Transferable skill, really simply put, um, is just skills that you can use somewhere else. So whatever skills you're using right now in your job, whatever skills you've used in your past nine to fives, um, each each job that you take, each role that you work in, just taking those skills that you're using in that role and putting it in your toolbox and then essentially saving it for a rainy day whenever you need it and just continuing to make sure that as you're growing your career and whatever it may be, whether you switch careers or stay in the same career lane, I've switched a couple of times to find what best suits me. Just being able to continue to build that toolbox so that when it comes time for you to maybe, you know, tap into the entrepreneurial spirit, you're like, okay, these are the things I'm capable of. These are the ways that I can apply them. These are the solutions I can bring to the table with those skill sets. This is how you create your job and kind of get that autonomy that people, you know, long for versus working, you know, behind a desk and having restrictions, which I've also had experience with and had to struggle with. I love this because for years I have not called them transferable skills. That's what they are. But what I've said, and I think they go hand in hand is, mm -hmm. you know, so oftentimes people, especially when they have businesses or they start a business, if mm -hmm. that business does not look like it's going to stay in the, on the same trajectory that you envisioned it was going to be, oftentimes we feel like it was a failure. And I like that what you're saying is it's not necessarily a failure. If you are skilled in a multiple multitude of areas, you need to look at those skill sets and say, okay, how can I best use these skill sets to make my money, right? Mm -hmm. So what I typically say to people is your passion, the things that you do well or your skills, whatever, they take a journey, okay? They, they take a journey to their purpose. So if you are very good at writing, if you are really good at talking to people, if you know how to sell ice to an Eskimo, you know, those are all skills that if you step back and look at all the different ways you can use that, maybe what you had in mind is not the only thing you can do and you can transfer those skills when it's time to pivot. You know, people think, people are thinking that, you know, if it didn't work the way I envisioned it, mm -hmm. then I must have messed up. Right. And if I messed up, I have to stop. Well, when in actuality, what you're saying is no, the skill is there. Yeah. It didn't work the way you were trying to apply it, maybe. Mm -hmm. But how can you transfer this skill? How can you make the skill work for you? So I love that we're, we're not, we are repurposing our skills. We're not just saying, yeah. you know, I have them and they're useless. Right, right. And I think it's key what you said. It's all a part of your journey. It's all a part of your evolution. Um, I mean, if I looked at everything that I've done, I've, I've dipped my hands in a lot of pots. And I feel like those are oftentimes the winners, because mm -hmm. you expose yourself to things, and then you realize what you don't want. And then you kind of hone in on what it is that you do want. So if I looked at my past, um, and some of the hardships that I experienced, and just becoming who I'm destined to be, 
um, if I looked at them as failures, you know, that's the wrong perspective and perspective is everything, whether you're, mm-hmm. um, going to groom yourself in the, in the corporate arena, or if you're going to groom yourself, um, in the entrepreneurial world. And I think that my corporate experience that I had, um, starting from sales for eight to nine years, that transitioned me over to real estate and being a, a great realtor, which then opened up the tool set for more consultative selling, more just facets of what sales are. And then allowing myself to use my finance degree to go into financial industries and work in a corporate setting that I realized, uh, okay, this isn't the greatest for me, but because of the, I will say trials and tribulations of working in corporate finance um, as a black female, you know, just understanding those things, those hurdles that I was able to jump in those developmental moments allowed me to become, continually become who I'm destined to be. And also for people who will preach against a nine to five or say like, oh, I don't want to be in that circle or in that box. There's so many benefits when we tweak our perspective to when you compare, I'll just say this, when you compare business owners or aspiring business owners who've been in corporate versus versus those who have not, a lot of times you can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Unless the ones who have not been in corporate have done some self-development, maybe they've gone and gotten some certifications, you know, from Cornell or some other like elite networking that they've done and invested their funds into. Other than that, you can tell a, a vast difference. And so I tell people all the time, use your corporate time and your corporate role to propel yourself forward because there's going to be some things that you grasp from there that can't just be taught elsewhere Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's all about perspective for sure I Um, love that Mm -hmm. perspective um, and then if I can just touch on you know I know that some people if you google transferable skills you'll see things like communication skills and creativity and Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know listening skills relationship building Mm -hmm. but when you really get into the core of maybe what your job description is where you're at um, when you take apart from an eagle view and look at what you're doing for a company on a company scale um, you can kind of pull out some things that you might not even realize can be something that you can offer to someone maybe on a contractor basis Mm -hmm. um some services that you can kind of tweak and fashion to yield you some results just to do on the side um and for me my probably last corporate experience was the worst one um and out of that came there was so much goodness that was birthed um with as far as opportunities that came from that, because I went through a season of having someone who was in charge of me or overseeing me that did not recognize my value because they were so tunnel vision with what the job entails and not understanding for me, I came in with a wealth of corporate background and problem solving skills because I was in sales and came in and said, okay, with this department, I'm new. I'm not an internal hire because usually you would get hired from one department to the next Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you had some insight. I came in as an external hire. So I didn't have that foundational background that other people would have had. And so what I recognized was a huge gap in the career development within that role. And I saw, okay, for me to come in externally, even though I have the aptitude to do this job and this job is challenging, um, there's no development, there's no curriculum, there's no training, there's this, this is going to be a deficit to the department because mm-hmm. turnover is going to be higher. Yes. Managers are overworked because they have to train their individual teams and then still have a workload just like someone who's working like me. Mm-hmm. So I I was able to pull back and see all of these issues and problems in the workplace that didn't necessarily have to do directly with what I was being paid to do, but directly right. impacted what I was being paid right. to So that was me kind of having an eye-opening moment and creating a system. I literally went, did the extra work, created a system and a curriculum, and it proposed it to the department head. And I let my manager know, you know, hey, this is the stuff, these are the resources I need in order to do my job best. I don't think it's fair to just focus on my development, but if we we focus on the development of potential hires as a whole, we could just do this all the way together have a system for for new hires so that everybody is not overworked and stressed because the job is stressful already and so with that it was dismissed you know well it was said oh this is great 
we love this, we're going to use this, but then there was actually no follow through and things within that role got worse just in working dynamics with certain people and it just became emotionally emotionally draining and and draining because I really wanted to do well and I felt that my best interest was not at the heart of who who I was working for and so when I pulled back and moved on from that situation I realized I literally made a whole plan here a whole syllabus a whole curriculum I developed a whole department essentially on paper Mm -hmm. and department initiatives I spearheaded a whole initiative without being asked how can I implement what I just did here in corporate my for someone who's willing to see my value proposition? Right. And that kind of just came from me, you know, taking a leap and just dismissing myself from that organization because it was just getting worse and worse. Um, no matter how hard I tried to prove to myself, sometimes we hold on to situations because we want to prove that right, we, right. Do we don't want them to win, but right. Self-preservation I- should take precedent. Yes, absolutely. And so once I did just, you know, like your your friend that I'm working with now, that's when some of those doors open. And I started realizing, wow, I'm really able to create my own role with skills that I learned here on top of the older skills from when I first started in sales. Mm -hmm. And now look at where I am. I'm creating my own career trajectory, my own career path. I'm helping implement systems, implement um, development, core, you know, core ethics and core materials for a corporation and helping them hire because also human resources was super important to me too. And I didn't realize how important it was to me until I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. I just realized that, okay, these companies are treating people like cattle, you know, like in a sense, there's no, your, your human resources that what we are is human and mm-hmm. we are resources, right? You treat your humans less than this is where the morale goes down the drain and so being able to bring in all those things that I'm passionate about and all those things I didn't even realize until the problems arose um, and finding solutions for those problems that opened up a wealth of wow these are all the skills that I'm actually capable of and didn't really realize when I was kind of being demoralized where I was and undervalued and underutilized and now look at what, where the, just asking for the opportunity, hey, this is a value I can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, that just has opened a wealth of doors. And it's also given me a peace of mind. My blood, my blood pressure is down. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I bet, I bet. You know. it, it takes me to um, the whole reason, this podcast, but the name of it is the CEO mindset. And CEO stands for consistently or continually evolving and mm-hmm. being open to failure. And failing fast, I always add that last little part. And what you just described is that you had to take the time to look at your situation. First of all, what you had to do was recognize your own needs. I always tell people, what are your likes, dislikes, and non-negotiables? What do you need to create those circumstances for optimal success? You recognize a gap because you needed something. Mm -hmm. From that, you created something that gave you structure in your business. And that's what I tell people. When you really identify your value and you know what you like and dislike and what your non-negotiables are, those four things right there are what you can use to create a structure and a foundation for whatever it is you're doing. And that is, I think, the number one thing in identifying any skill set that you can use to transfer or just use and embrace like we talked about um, just to begin with. So I would think, you know, building that foundation, which you did, you had the education, you stepped into a role, you recognized a deficiency in that role for what you needed, right? It wasn't even about, because the company didn't recognize it. They didn't recognize that there was a gap, but you went in with, okay, in order for me to be successful at this job, I need these things. Mm -hmm. You saw that those things were not there. Mm-hmm. So you made those things happen for yourself. So that's putting up walls and structure around what it is you need to be successful with whatever it is you're doing. And that's taking advantage of and walking in your value that you brought to the table, right? right. So my next question is, what are some of the first steps that one can take to identify any income producing skill set that can be transferable. And like I said, I think the very first one is to make sure 
that you understand your value and set yourself up with this, you know, with some, some boundaries that you can take and carry with you. But what are some other things that you, you could offer us to help someone? Cause you know, there's going to be someone saying, well, I've been trying and yeah. you know, I can't find a place to put my skills. You know, I thought I was talented in this way, but no one's willing to pay me for it. So how, what are some first steps? Um, I think that's great that you said that last part that some people will say that they've been trying. I, this may be a little cliche or maybe, you know, I don't want to dismiss anyone's struggle or anything, but the moment I stopped just trying so hard to, to force something that I thought was my transferable skill, that's when it came naturally. So I am big on finances. I'm good with budgeting. I'm good with forecasting. I'm good with saving. And so I had created this whole product and service of, you know, helping people and coaching them to save their first 10K, you know, because a lot of Americans don't even have a thousand dollars in their reserves. Mm. And a lot of us do have the wherewithal to do so, but we just don't have the financial discipline or literacy to know how to get that done. And that's part of why I was able to secure my property in, in the middle of a pandemic, right? But I was looking like, okay, well, people, you know, people say I'm good at this stuff or people look at me and this is what they see because they see realtor. I am Savvy Gabby outside of me being an implementation project manager in corporate. Most people don't know that I do that now. Um, so I was just like, oh, I'm forcing it. But it wasn't until I left that role and started talking with, you know, strategically placed people who just can't, you know, I feel like they were just sent to me just by us forming um, genuine relationships. It wasn't until I started realizing the stuff that I went through was actually something that maybe I should be pursuing. Um, and so one thing I will say is you may be thinking that your transferable skills are one thing. But I want you to take inventory of what you're doing in your role currently, okay? Look at the skill sets. Is it data analysis? Is it, are you strategically planning things? And it might not even be blatant right there in your face that you think, oh, strategic planning. You don't think of yourself as a strategic, strategic planner, but just think about the role that you do, what you do on a daily basis in your tasks. Are you planning? Are you allotting timelines? Are you allocating resources? Um, are you developing solutions? Look at what you're doing on a daily basis and understand what your top strengths are for what you're doing and understand what your weaknesses are. Because sometimes you might look at your strengths and your weaknesses and you realize the reason this, what you thought was your thing isn't working is because that contains a whole bunch of your weaknesses over there. Mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. You're strong in the one thing at the top, the subject mm -hmm, matter, maybe, mm -hmm, but not mm -hmm. the things required to do it because those are your weaknesses over there. So just getting a really strong, um, if I could say a SWOT analysis, which is like, girl, we're going to get down into it. Don't go there yet. Okay, girl. Okay, That's okay, question number there. five and number six. <laughs> just, just getting to understand what you're doing currently, what you're good at. Okay. Um, and then I would also say using issues in your current role, or if you're in your business, using issues in your current role as an opportunity, using your managerial feedback in one-on-ones as an opportunity to leverage what your, your strengths are. Mm -hmm. Um, so for example, people are like, what do you mean leverage to make opportunity, you know, all those words. Going back to my example, when I saw the issue with, with the gap of learning and curriculum and, and, and development and training for my role, I saw that problem and I didn't just sit and complain about it and say, oh, I need another job and I don't wanna do this because they don't have, I literally went to the root of it and provided a solution, okay? Mm. That then became an opportunity to touch base with some people I may not have touched base with before. And though it was not implemented, I will always have that syllabus and curriculum. I will always have that as a moment to serve, to sell myself in my next role or in my next opportunity that I create. So that was an opportunity to leverage. Also requiring those one-on-ones from your manager. I had to beg my last manager for one-on-ones, okay? And when we would have the one-on-ones, they were not beneficial. So I can't even say that I was able to leverage the one-on-ones that I would have with this particular manager. But if you do have a manager or you do have peers that have been in their role for a significant amount of leveraging their feedback and reviewal of your performance to for their perspective on what your strengths are, ask them what your value set is. What, what do you think makes me most valuable? 
What do you think are my strengths? And getting their feedback, because sometimes you'll be surprised at what others see in you that you might not see. So those are some tips I have for sure in the workplace. Um, and then outside of that, don't force anything, just be open. Sometimes we're forcing things because of what we see on social media. Well, all of the credit repair people are, you mm -hmm. know, and all the real estate people are wearing luxury bags and going on trips. And what you don't know is they're not paying their taxes and they are the IRS. Or the bag isn't theirs. <laughs> that too. So, okay. Um, so those are definitely some tips that I would say, just dig deep. I love that. And I think too, um, one that this has recently happened to me. I am in a program. I invest a little bit in my business. Like you said, you got to kind of be on, keep yourself together. So I invest a little bit in my business. And we had to do some interviews with five people. Mm -hmm. The very first question of the interview was, why do you consistently come back to me? What is it? What types of things are you coming to me for? Okay. And then the last question was, it was four questions, but the last question was, where do you see my zone of genius? What do you think I'm an expert yep. in? Okay. So the, those two questions, it baffled me at the answers I got from all five people. Not one of the five people said they came to me for what I thought they were coming to me for. Now, exactly. let me tell you how also that plays into your success or failure. Because if you think that you are providing or your skill set is providing a certain service or you it should be doing a certain thing when you get that feedback from people and all of them say that that thing you thought you were doing is not the thing they were coming to you for mm -hmm. then you realize that you have outcome bias you thought that what you were doing was supposed to have a certain effect but mm -hmm. the effect is not what you thought it was you thought because it wasn't having that effect that you had failed. But when you talk to someone and they tell you, oh no, honey, you didn't fail. You taught me this, or you showed me that, or had it not been for you doing this with me in our coaching, or you doing this for me on this job, I wouldn't have made it to this level or that level. Right. So that's why it's important what you're saying to identify, that is very helpful in you embracing and identifying your skill sets because you think maybe your skill is being used for one thing, but when you ask people actually how they're using what they're, what you're doing for them or giving them, mm -hmm. you might find that it's not what you thought it was. Doesn't mean you were wrong. It just means you had the wrong perception of what it was you were doing, right? Yeah. So that's great. And I love the whole asking questions and like making sure that what you think you're giving is what people, what you think you're putting down is what people are picking up. Yes, because <laughs> that is not always what you're putting down. And yeah, we're going to get into those strengths and weaknesses because um, my first one of the questions was, uh, how do strengths and weaknesses play into identifying and embracing those transferable skills? And like you just said, because the next question is, where does transferring of skills lend itself to opportunities for creating the life one desires. And you just really answer both of those questions in a mm -hmm. nutshell, because you're right. Like our strengths are like obviously an opportunity to serve and do and showcase value, yes. but those weaknesses are opportunities to either one, get better, mm -hmm. two, recognize that you need to delegate because like I read an article somewhere that says if you're a level five or below at something, like if your skill set is a level five, you might know how to do it, but your mm -hmm. level of doing it is like a five. They mm -hmm. said, delegate it. Mm -hmm. If your skill set is like a level eight or higher, then yes, you can count that as a value add for what it is you're doing. So okay. that's another thing. Your weakness, you might be a level five at something, but that's an opportunity for you to either go back to school, take a class, read a book or do something to help you get you know, better educated on that area. You mm -hmm. still may have a deficiency where you need to delegate the task, mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity for you to at least learn enough to hire the right person. Or, yeah. you know, it's also opportunity when you have a weakness to say, you know what, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for you to cut, cut the rope, you know, cut the line, save yourself, yeah. you know, heartache and pain and blood pressure problems, you know, Hello? so, right. So you have to, you know, but it all, run, it all goes back to really knowing your value and like 
setting that structure up for yourself because otherwise you won't even be able to identify it, right? You won't even be able to embrace the skill set because you're too busy wallowing and, and you know, not yeah. knowing which way to go or trying to do something you shouldn't be doing or thinking you're doing one thing when you're actually doing another. So then that's why it's important to dibble and dabble in, in different things that interest you mm-hmm. because you may find yourself like me in a position where you are being undervalued and underutilized or um, the strengths that you have are not being seen because they don't directly tie into from what your you know manager point of view may think they don't tie into what what you're doing right now what you're being paid to do so if i had have just been showing up to work every day and that's all i was doing just every day being kind of you know hit more so in the dirt every single day because you know gabby is not a strong analyst gabby is not um, one that you would go to for this gabby is not because i wasn't properly trained in the first place let's start there and have mm-hmm. pay, right so if i had have just been showing up to work and in that box for 18 months the 18 months that i was there um i would not have had the wherewithal to probably understand wait i know i'm not being appreciated or valued in this role but i know what i'm capable of yes if I hadn't gone and ventured out to start my own real estate business or start my own t-shirt business and, um, you know, just the little things that I was interested in doing, whether it went long or went short and I realized, ah, okay, I like this about that, but not, there are ways to just start tapping into what interests you and what, and, and seeing what works versus you just waking up every day and showing up to a job and thinking that miraculously you're going to tap into your value miraculously, mm-hmm. you're going to tap into your strengths. You won't unless you're super present at your role. And I almost feel like at that last role, that's how I was pretty much in any role that I was in. But in that particular industry, it's just not um, anticipated that you'll be that vested into your role outside of what the numbers are in front of you to crunch out those reports. I got to get these reports out. Got to get these mm-hmm. reports out. Got to talk to the client. Got to. I was more like well-rounded because I had been exposed to so many different industries and so many different things. And then starting my own business, you know, I saw way more than what people were even paying attention to. And so that allowed me to kind of break out of that and say, this is not healthy. This is not for me. I know I'm worth way more than that. Um, Who knows where I would have been if I hadn't tapped into other interests and other things to learn myself. Mm -hmm. You know, tapping into those things is like personal development. Whether you're tapping into listening to podcasts or you're tapping into reading self-development books or you're tapping into other lines of entrepreneurship, even if it's a multi-level marketing company. You know, I did a couple of those early back in the day. So, you know, learning different things about yourself. If I hadn't have done that, who knows? I probably would have gone and applied for a similar role at just a different company and just thought it was just that company. Instead of recognizing this is not suitable for me, period, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. we're not doing this again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And, I, and, and the thing, what you're saying is just so true. And I just wanted to go back to like some ways that you can harness that transferable skill. But before I even get to that part, you talked about you doing something that, you know, you get into a job and it takes some of those experiences like failing fast, mm-hmm. um, you know, or just being open to the failure in the first place. It takes you doing those things that aren't going to work, that make you feel uncomfortable, that you don't seem to like very much to identify what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So those threats, I had a question down here about where was it? It was like, where does, tra- where does the transferring of skills present threats to one's desired life? But I think I want to change that a bit because what you said, these are threats. When you get into a position and you don't like that position or you get into a job like you had and they aren't training you and you can see the deficit, the value in that was you were able to look at, okay, I don't like this, but you can look at it and say, what don't I like about it? I didn't like that they didn't train me. I don't like that they weren't prepared to give me what I needed to be successful. You can take that information and use that everywhere now. So when you go and work with a client, you know what? I need to make sure when we work together that you give me everything I need to be successful. I know, and that you knew what you needed to be successful. So you created something to give you that. So when you take that threat and you say, you know what? I know I don't want to do this again. So here's how I'm going to combat that in the future. 
This is what I'm going to do to set myself up with what I call circumstances for optimal success so that these particular threats are mitigated as much as possible. Okay. I, and, yes, I love that. If I could tap into that really quickly. So that mm-hmm. just makes me think about um, in this last role. And I think this was probably the greatest teacher for me, this last role that I left, the last corporate role, right? Um, you know, because I shed a lot of tears in that role and just was just trying to figure out. But one thing I'll say too, as far as the threats, never had I ever had to document mm. as much in that role, in any other role. That If that role didn't serve any other purpose, it taught me how to document effectively. Um, and then advocate for myself. I don't, mm. I don't think I needed any help with advocating for myself. I don't know if you could tell. But <laughs> that role taught me, wow, okay, there's a certain level of accountability that I can respectfully issue to my superior when I need mm-hmm. and I'm not receiving. There's, there's a specific type of dialogue to be had when I'm receiving this type of feedback However, comma, you haven't given me what I've said I've needed to improve. Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. a deficit here and really holding that person who's that superior to the fire mm-hmm. and, and looking for results. I had never had to do that in a corporate role before. Most of my corporate roles before that were, I almost want to say easy peasy. I, you know, I had a financial industry role before that one and that one wasn't the greatest either. I realized that the industry just wasn't a good fit for me in general. Um, but in my other roles, I was well liked. I was well respected. My value was, you know, up here. You know, everything was great. My coworkers, employees, when I managed, they were all like family. And I still talk to them to this day in those other roles. But here, completely different ballgame, completely in the ring of fire every day. So that to that point of what you said about the threats and turning that into an opportunity, I learned how to document. I learned how to advocate for myself and go back and press and ask and not be, you know, milly mouth, as they say, or, you know, shy when it comes to asking for what you need. So if I ask you for a one-on-one and I say, hey, because of mistakes that happened last month that I made, taking accountability here, because of mistakes that happened last month, I wanted to have our one-on-one. Could it be an hour instead, instead of the 30 minutes where we usually don't get anything done anyway? Mm-hmm. I have to bring to the table, can I get an hour of your time to then receive a response back? I like to keep it spread out at 30 minutes. Let me know if that works. To then go back and say, hey, it doesn't work per my request for an hour. Mm-hmm. How can we do this? to not getting any response and then having the calendar just extended for an hour, you know? So begrudgingly asking for for developmental time and feedback, right? I had never had to do that in a role before, but now guess what? As I'm in my real estate business, as I'm in my other negotiations as a contractor, as I'm evolving into a a full-time project manager, guess who's unafraid? This is transferable right. too, right? Because right. it can be transferable and, exactly. and something in you to say, you cannot back down, okay? Right. You can still be professional. So now in those businesses, I have zero problem. I've recognized the difference, just the growth. I have zero problem revisiting something. I'm not sure if you didn't understand, let's revisit it. Or right. Which part doesn't register here. And right. be unapologetic about that because- So good. As females and as black females or women of color- They want us to shut up a lot of times and just bite the bullet. And so for me, that experience alone, it showed me some of what was already inside of me, but then it also heightened my awareness to, girl, you're going to have to advocate for yourself in more ways than one and don't back down, document everything, keep everything on hand thoroughly, efficiently document and just, and just plead your case. I felt like I was in court a lot of times, but it, you know, the benefits of having that skill now moving forward, oh, I've mitigated so much by just being able to have those, those dialogues so that we can come to a, a clear, concise understanding of what both sides, both parties, client and servicer, whatever it is, needs. Yes. Um, 
So that that point, as far as the threats, there was definitely threats that I had to use as developmental tools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we still become who I'm destined to be. Yes, I love it. When I'm coaching people and I'm talking to them about even going as far back as just, just childhood, mm-hmm. how were you influenced? And I have people do a whole thing on how they were influenced and who influenced them and what that influence was and how that influence is affecting them. Because people don't recognize some of their triggers. They don't know, A, that they have these triggers. Mm-hmm. They don't even know when they come. And they keep repeating the same things over and over and over again, not understanding why. So what I like people just recognize and what you seem to have done there is you recognize something that wasn't working for you. And you, you decided, okay, this doesn't work. I can't, I'm telling you, that I need help in this area and you're not giving it to me, yet you're expecting me to perform, okay? Let me connect those dots. I cannot perform the way you want me to perform until you provide me with what I say I need to perform the way you want me to perform. That, you can take that anywhere. And like I said, it well, like you said, it's now giving you the confidence and the certainty in what you need to be successful circumstances for optimal success that I tell people about, you now have those. So when you go to any situation, you can look at that situation, whether it's to collaborate with someone, to take a full-time job, to take on a client, you can say, listen, this is what I need in this set of circumstances in order to be successful for you and to know that I did the absolute best that I can do. This is what I need. If you're expecting this result, this is what I need to give you that result. Okay. Now, short of you giving me what I need, you may not get the results you want, but I'm going to tell you up front what I need to provide you with the success you're looking for. Now, if you Mm -hmm. fall short on your end, I am helping you to manage your expectations. You will not get what you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I love that people need to hear that because it's not about, you could be an amazing welder, you know, but if you don't tell people you need the fire to do the welding, you can't be the welder, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to know what you need. And I love that. And I think that the threats, having those hard, difficult times are Mm -hmm. like, sharpening your tool right you're it's sharpening you like it hurts to be sharpened it could be stressful and frustrating but ultimately you have a really really sharp knife and you can cut through any situation if you are willing to tell people what you need so I think that was great that was great I love that I love that okay so we're gonna I mean we, we can we I mean you really answered just about all of my questions I have a couple more and then more about you than the questions that I have to ask but this one last question just give us like a final thought on how embracing your skill sets and harnessing any transferable skill can actually help you to create the life you want. Okay. So I can speak for me and how, how that, how that worked out. Because because the way that I curated the life that I wanted was I had options. So remember when earlier I was talking about dibbling and dabbling and things that you may be interested in. So I've had my real estate business for five years, or I'll say this, I've been licensed for five years. Was it a business when I first began? No, it was a hobby. It was something that I was doing to earn some money on the side until I was let go at one point in time and trying to figure that out, right? So it wasn't always a real estate business, but I've had my license. So if ever there was a time for me to vacate the premises of of a role, I had that. Um, Mm -hmm. And not to mention that, but, you know, just other streams that I have been working on. So while still in my corporate role, we we were selling homes here and there. We created Black Wealth Loading, LLC, um, which was previously Realty Depot. So there's, you know, apparel for realtors. Um, but then I changed it over to Black Wealth Loading, which is teaching Black men and women how to create wealth by starting with saving and investing and things like that. So I had those things as tools set to the side to fall back on in the case of me needing to move around. So when it came time for me to take a leap, and I say a leap because I was just ready to go. <laughs> Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was time like mental health wise um when I left I was able to kind of stand back and say 
Oh, this is the one thing I want to say too. Preparation. So I had those yes. just to fall fall back on. And then in the process, so I am currently in grad school for project management, IT and project management. Okay. So I knew that at some point I wanted to get into the tech space, right? Um, so prior to me leaving my corporate role, I had found a coach who was uh, previously a tech recruiter. I hired her to revamp my, uh, my resume to have my transferable skills on there that could transition me to tech more easily. Um, I had her redo my resume. She completely revamped my LinkedIn and pivoted towards project management and tech. Um, so I had all of those things, the businesses and the resources, and I had her doing a job search for me. So I was going on interviews and interview prep before I left my role. Okay. So when it came time for me to leave my role, I didn't necessarily know what I was about to do. I just knew I was tired of the same experiences that I was having. Um, so when it came time for me to seek job opportunities, I just happened to ask our friend, you know, mm -hmm. hey, do you have anything? And, and they knew about, you know, the things that I had um, experienced in my last role. And they knew about some of the things that I had created in my last one. I said, hey, do you know anyone or do you have any opportunity available for me to serve as like a project manager? Because my skills in that last role as an analyst can transfer easily. And so I tapped in um, and she said, actually, you know, yeah, you know, send me a resume. So I had the resume ready, right? Right, right. And um, I had a little experience with creating proposals. So she's like, send me over your proposal for solutions, you know, like mm -hmm. a, just, you know, a solutions type of coordinator or solutions development, you know, whatever the title would be. Mm -hmm. And I was able to literally harness my transferable skills because I got to know myself so much better in that last mm -hmm. role. Like, oh, these are the things I can do. Put it into a very pretty, pristine proposal and submit it over. In the meantime, still taking interviews, but on the process, allowing myself to service them as a, you know, as a contractor and, and starting to work in my genius yeah, without even realizing it was, it was my, without even realizing it was my genius, just knowing it was something I was into and it felt like I wasn't even working. And that's when I knew I hit Eureka. Like, yes. I don't even feel like I'm working doing this. I don't know if I'm going to be doing this for her forever or just for this one time, but I like this. Yes. And I'm getting paid for this. So yes. outside of me being able to, you know, be a consultative salesperson in the real estate industry and have all those other things, I found something that I was actually good at and didn't even know I was good at because I was over <laughs> here like, well, I think I thought I was supposed to be a multi-million dollar real estate agent, you know, <laughs> and that you could have, you could have told me I wasn't, you know, a couple years ago that I was just, you might like, still have that girl. You just going to be the project manager and managing, you're going to be managing the project. And that's the, fine. You're going to have agents under you and that's going to help you be the multi-million dollar mogul that you are, but you're going to take those transferable skills Absolutely. and you are going to sit up in your little penthouse and okay. you're going to sprinkle your fairy dust amongst Think the millions. That. Right. See what I I'm received. saying? So you, I received. You still will be using your skills. It just will be in a different yes. way. I love that. And, and I'm going to say this too, because I think too, what you're saying is goes back to what I said a little bit earlier in your passion, taking a journey. And this is where you have to be careful because you have people, those naysayers who are going to see your journey. They're going to see that you do You did this, this month, you did this in 2000 and this, you did this a couple of weeks ago, you're dibbling, dabbling. So you're going to have those naysayers that are going to say, you aren't going to be successful if you don't like make up your mind about what it is you want to do. Okay. But what I want, the, you to listen to and understand if you're listening to this is that you could be very talented in a variety of things, okay? And I found this out, I found this to be true. This is an actual experience that I had. I have a marketing degree, I have a cosmetology license and I enjoy makeup and I enjoy looking nice, okay? Yeah. So I have had a marketing agency, a consignment store, I've done fashion wardrobe styling. I've done, a, uh, I've had a multi-level marketing company that was jewelry and fashion. Mm -hmm. And now I have this company where I am teaching people how to walk in their authenticity. I'm helping them align themselves with their business. And that outcome bias was something that I had because I thought I was strategic marketing. Right. And 
our friend and four other people told me, nope, that's not what we come to you for. We come to you for these things. I need alignment in my business. I need to understand how to communicate with people better. I need to do this. So when I realized that, but I had people to tell me, you're never going to be successful if you don't figure out what it is you want to do. Every single step I've taken up until this point is a contributing factor in my success right now. So all of those things that were my passions that I love, you cannot look at them as failures. You have to look at them as the stepping stones that got you where you were. Because when I look back at all of those things that I did, Mm -hmm. I use every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them have contributed to something I've said to one of my clients or something I've done at one of my events, everything, everything yeah. I use it. So you will be a project manager and have all those things. Cause they all, if you look back at hindsight is 2020. And when you look at it, they all, I oh, call okay. it a style thread. Yeah. I call it your style thread, just like a Chanel suit. You have that, like a pink, yes. pink thread that runs through that material. That's what that is. That is, it's, it's the same thing. Because in my mind, I'm doing the same thing. I'm making women and men look and feel their best so that they can attract the people that they want to attract. I yeah. did that with jewelry. I do that with hair. I do yeah. that with makeup. I do that with wardrobe styling. I do that with marketing and promotions and social media. It's the same thing in my head. You yeah. might be seeing something different, but it's the same thing in my head. So you can't allow those naysayers to get to you. And the last thing I wanted to say on that subject is when we were talking about, um, I was going to ask you three to five ways to harness your transferable skills. And you can still answer that question. But I think the number one thing in that is just really getting a good inventory of what your skills are. Because then, like I just said, I am I am a wealth of knowledge. Like I can, I can create a podcast, edit a podcast, produce a podcast. I can record videos. I can do photography. I can cook. I love makeup. I can do hair. I'm a wardrobe stylist. I can teach moms. I have a daughter who has special needs. I can work with those parents. I actually have a nonprofit that does so. So I have a ton of skill sets, okay? But you still have to write them all down. There will be some similarities and you can sort of combine them and figure out which ones you want to use to transfer and to make your money from, and to live that life you want. Just because you know how to do everything doesn't mean you have to, but if you look at everything you know how to do, you'll probably see some areas that can be categorized and used in one of two things, like wardrobe and looking nice and understanding marketing skills is perfect for someone like me because I can work with small businesses and I can actually help you from the rooter to the tutor when you start your business. So it's, 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 we have to recognize that in harnessing our transferable skills, the first thing, and you can add two or three more to this, Gabby, if you have them, but I believe the first thing is to really identify what those skills are so you can harness them in the right way. For sure. And I think just subset to that. So if that's number one, I'd say this is one A and B. Um, Just like I said, putting your, your hands into different pots to figure out because not only, you know, some people feel like, oh, I, and I've had this too, where I'm like, oh, I need to just do one thing. You know, the people who I see are super successful. They're just doing one thing um, and they stuck with it for five years. And now see, they're multimillionaires, whatever. Um, but for me, everybody's journey is different. And for me, what I see is the fact that I've tried my hand at different things. I never failed at any of them. I don't think that I failed, like we talked about earlier. But the fact that I did try my hand at different things and stretch myself, right? That adds a level of self-awareness you cannot get just from being in one place. So and true. self-awareness is one of the key things that's going to be needed in your romantic relationships, yes. in your people relationship, you know, your, your platonic, your business relationships, self-awareness, especially if we want to call ourselves a CEO. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is needed because you are going to have to take consistent inventory of where you're at. Um, and so I would say, dip, dip your hand in different pots. Please don't be one of those people who, which I'm assuming the people in your audience are not these types, but <laughs> maybe they'll share this with a friend who is. Right. Don't be the type of person who go, wakes up, goes to work, comes home. That's it. Find an area of passion, find, whether it's painting, whether it's creating crafts. I have a great friend right now. 
she teaches people options, how to trade options on the stock market. She's a software engineer by trade. She teaches stock options. She has vending machines. She has all of these things, these streams of income. And now she's like, okay, well, all of those are work, you know, and I enjoy those because I created those avenues myself. But now I want to go into my creative side. I'm about to create glitter crafts and sell them because there's people out here making hundreds of thousands of dollars selling glitter craft so you know I can look at her and say like okay girl it's a lot what are we Mm -hmm. doing but Mm -hmm. I will always admire her because she's like me where we try different things and guess what one two three of those things may pop and as I'm they're popping I'm learning more about myself and I'm a better leader yes and I have better impact Mm -hmm. because I know myself So when you take an inventory of your skills, it's not just a nine to five thing. It's knowing who you are. And to your point about just looking at all of your um, professions that you've done over time, um, if if your audience has not read the book, The Alchemist Mm -hmm, by Paul mm -hmm. Coelho, that is one of the first books I say you should read. Nice. If you are on this journey of trying to figure out where you need to go, because what you will find is at the end of that book, Everything that transpired is everything that was needed to arrive. Yes. yes. I just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. yeah. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And, and But we discount it because someone told us to. That's the point or, I was trying to make. Yeah. People discount it. Or, we, or we're looking at it because we're in it versus looking at it from an eagle-eyed standpoint, like I said before. And, but just pulling back and saying, well, wow, even going from this, it, let's just start here from from January, because January is when I left my role, this last role. So let's just say from that point, if I had not, if I had not left that role and prepare myself, if I had not gone back, even before leaving the role, if I had not done those steps to prepare and then left my role and then asked for that opportunity and then aligned myself this way, and then I wouldn't be where I am right now. And, you know, I, some of my close friends, they're like, look at you, you know, that, that little raggedy door closed and all these other doors open for you. Because my friends and my, you know, my boyfriend, he, he saw emotionally what I was going through. He's like, this is not healthy. We need to fix it. <laughs> so, you know, taking a look back at everything and, you know, parents, especially, you know, my parents don't always understand what I'm doing. As far as they're concerned, you just bought a house in December. What are you doing? Well, <laughs> preparation is key because right. I made sure not to be a realtor plug, but I made sure that my mortgage did not exceed a certain amount so that if I did leave at any point in time, or who knows if they had to fire me. Okay. Right. <laughs> I would have been okay. And right. guess what? I'm okay because I have right. a plan in place. Right. right. So right. You know, sometimes other people's insights can cloud or girl, what you doing now? Or, you know, and those are probably the people that you just tight lip and just, Oh girl, I'm doing well. You know, you don't have to tell them what it is that you're working on because they don't have the vision or the sight or the capability. Cool. No problem. The people who are for me, my team who is for me, the people who I should be aligned with will understand where I'm coming from and what it is that I'm doing. And they won't discourage me. And that's why we will circle all the way back to, it's really important for you to have your likes, dislikes, non-negotiables and understand what your value is. Because when you do that, you have set up structure around yourself and you can create those circumstances for optimal success. You find the confidence because you've mitigated those threats and you know now what you need. And so when anyone, naysayer, mom, friend who doesn't understand, husband who doesn't quite get it whatever is going on in your life you can stay within the confines of your structure knowing that you have prepared yourself like you said I love that you talked about you understand the perception you know where you are you know where you are in your in your journey Mm -hmm. you got it you prepared yourself for what needs to happen what you might run into you understand you got contingencies now you have a plan in place to sort of make your things happen So I love that you have really helped us to understand the value of A, identifying your skill set, B, embracing your skill set, and then C, having a plan to uh, transfer those skills when necessary. Having not only the, the, like, you got to have the plan to do it. You got to know what the skills are and you got to plan it because it could happen. You might need to transfer them. So you take inventory of them. 
and then you use them. I really, really appreciate you for being on the show with me today, Gabby. We have talked and talked and talked. Yes. This might have to be <laughs> this might have to be a part one and part two because I think we Let's went see over. What says. They might yeah. they want it. <laughs> yes, I think we might have to do just this this episode alone, I think is gonna be pretty pretty extensive so I might have to break this puppy up you know and be like okay part one part two we'll see what happens but it's been a pleasure chatting with you you are a wealth of information I appreciate your time thank you um you're a pretty awesome girl I'm gonna keep you around for a few more minutes I'm gonna keep you around <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank you for being yes Thank you for being on the show. Listen, if you are listening to this podcast and you have skills and you can't really understand what you can do with them, you've been trying, you, you feel like you've done all the things that we're talking about, uh, I, I, I would have to say maybe not. And let's start over. Let's wipe, let's wipe, the, wipe the slate clean and let's start at number one. Number one is exactly what are your skills? Let's identify that. Let's, what are your skills? Number two, like, okay, what do you need to set yourself up for success? And then number three, where is your plan? Do you have a plan in place? And what is your process to work that plan? If you have these things, then you're well on your way to not only embracing your skill set, but being able to transfer them when the situation arises. I really appreciate you guys for listening. This is the CEO Mindset Podcast where we are consistently evolving and being open to failure and failing fast. So thank you for listening again. Please come back next week. Don't forget to subscribe guys and leave a comment in the show notes. We want a review from you and I wanna hear some of your skills. Like what do you got going on for you that you might need some help transferring? Let us know in the comments. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great one. Remember, whether you're the CEO of your life, profession, or business, it's time to commit to consistently evolving and being open to failure if you want to achieve your goals. Now let's connect outside of this podcast. Join me in the show notes where you'll find all of my social media profile information. Be sure to follow, like, and comment and engage with me outside of this podcast. I look forward to you being with me again next week. Go out there and get your CEO mindset on.